Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. going on everybody we are alive for one of the most eventful nights in philly sports in a while uh, we got sixers nets tonight while we're live we got philly's mets on prime time as well uh but welcome to underground sports philadelphia episode number 322 kb and matt coming at you from underground studios and uh in order for us to bring you this show each and every week it would not be possible without our awesome local sponsors Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And our friends over at Tomahawk Shades, the best in the business. You guys know we're rocking the sunglasses, the blue light glasses all the time. Check out their small batch collective. They've got everything that you need heading into the spring and summer. So go to TomahawkShades.com right now, fill up your cart, and when you go to check out, use our promo code USP to get 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. That's promo code USP at TomahawkShades.com for 25% off. You're, you're already getting three quarters of the price Can't on a product that. that's already a fraction of what these big name brands are gouging people for. So go uh, hook yourself up with our friends at Tomahawk Shades and... Uh, Underground Sports Philadelphia is sponsored by Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And, Matt, it's now available in the U.S., Canada, the U.K., Australia, New Zealand, and pretty much everywhere. They are going global with this thing. And uh, you guys know if you use promo code USP, you get 20% off and free shipping. And it's free international shipping as well. Join the movement and the other 2 million men who trust using Manscaped. And guys, did you know one guy every hour, every day is diagnosed with testicular cancer? So this is a reminder to all you guys out there listening to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Manscaped, in addition to providing the right tools and solutions for safe and easy manscaping, has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to spread awareness for men's health and early cancer detection Together, TCS and Manscaped are committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men ages 15 to 35 and giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of their We Save Balls initiative. While you're down there cleaning up your sack, why not go ahead and give them a little investigation for lumps, changes in size, or any pain? I think we can all agree it's pretty fun playing with your balls anyway. Manscaped recommends you check yourself once a month, and if you do feel any lumps or swelling, give your doctor a call. In addition to checking yourself regularly, you want to make sure that your sack is looking fresh and clean with the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. And inside the Perfect Package, you'll find products and liquid formulations that have been developed to turn your bathroom into a salon for your balls. All liquid formulations use only the best ingredients 
Some of these liquid tools include the Crop, Preser uh, crop Preserver, an anti-chafing uh, ball deodorant for your balls, Crop Reviver Spray on Ball Toner and Refresher, the Perfect Package 3.0, also includes anti-chafing performance boxers that keep your package cool and feeling fresh. So join the Manscaped movement and start taking care of your balls today. Get 20% off and free shipping with our code USP at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with our code USP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with our code USP at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. And Matt, hopefully tonight with the Phillies and the, the Sixers, we won't have to have this in hand post-game in just gloom and doom. We want it in celebration, and that's our friends at Stateside Vodka, the fastest-growing craft spirit in Pennsylvania. They're currently closed due to COVID, but they have a full bar, restaurants, and they offer distillery tours weekly. It's seven times distilled, certified gluten-free, blended with electrolytes, making it the first vodka on the market with a mineral composition on the same spectrum of electrolytes found in that sports drink that starts with a G, and it's the first actively hydrating vodka on the market. It's also won awards for best package in the world. So go to statesidevodka.com right now. Check out all that they have to offer. And when you go to check out, make sure you have the one liter bottles of vodka in your cart. So you can use our promo code USP and you'll get 10% off the one liter bottles at statesidevodka.com. Must be 21 or older to order. And of course, guys, please drink responsibly. What's going on, Matt? Living the dream. Got a lot to dive into. And uh, it starts with the Nets being cowards and not playing their full lineup tonight against the Sixers. Hopefully opening the door for the Sixers to take full-on command of that one seed. Yeah, uh, this is going to be... I don't even know how many times we've played the Nets here so far. I think this is the fourth or fifth time. I don't think we've played them in their like full iteration just yet. Uh, it seems like every time we play them, someone's out on some kind of load management thing or is on like a two-week injury. So we still have not gotten like a full, <laughs> clear picture of how we stack up against the Nets. Um and yeah, I mean, I, I guess really no one has. The Nets haven't had like their big three together all that much this year, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see as they keep like rotating like this and load managing. Like, do need those guys on the court together at some point, but it does take some of the sting out of like what was going to be a really really high profile game. Obviously, like the two top teams in the East. I'm sure ESPN's not thrilled about the <laughs> fact that you know they're going to have to find a way to hype this up a, a little bit better now, but. Um, still going to be funny either way. And I mean, still the two top teams in the conference still means a lot. You want to beat the Nets, obviously. So yeah, either way, it's going to be good. Yeah. No Blake Griffin, no Kevin Durant, no Aldridge and no James Harden for the Nets and no Dwight Howard for the Sixers. Uh, Fair trade, I'd say. I mean, <laughs> it, it makes sense. Um, so it's going to be Kyrie Irving, Landry Shamit, and a bunch of guys that I think a lot of people really haven't heard of. Yeah. Pretty, I mean, pretty much you, you have described <laughs> the rest of the Nets roster. Yes. Um, yeah, so obviously, you know, you look at this on paper and you think the Sixers should be winning, and especially the way they've been playing lately, um, especially obviously like Embiid back now, like you really just expect them to win, but you never know, of course. The Sixers have f found ways to surprise us in the past um, in games like this. So obviously, though, winning tonight would be huge because you are like aiming towards that first seed, putting some distance between you and the Nets when you have the chance is, is key and huge. Um but yeah, either way, you're barreling towards the last. It's it's sneaking up. You know, you're like you're like on the last month now of the regular season almost. So, yeah, you you want to start building that resume going into the uh, the playoffs now. 
and I think this gives the Sixers the tiebreaker uh, over the Nets if they end up winning for the one seed. So, I mean, even without everybody in play for the Nets, this game should still be quite meaningful in terms of just positioning and, and the Sixers. Uh, you know, you want to see them take this seriously. They're nine-point favorites uh, as we near tip-off. And, I mean, you're at home. You're coming off of a, a four-game road trip where they had a bunch of success as well outside of the New Orleans game. So, I mean, like, go in there and treat this like a playoff game, even though Durant and Harden, who are two of the big three, aren't going to be playing. You're still playing against Kyrie Irving. Yeah, and it's still a good team that is, is going to take beating. I'm just looking back. This is only the third time we're playing the Nets. Like we split the, the season yeah. series so far, one and one. So, yeah, obviously that would give us the advantage over them. Um, I, wow. <laughs> I thought we had played them. I knew we hadn't played them very much. I, for some reason, I had in my mind that we were playing them more than just three times this year, but, um, I forgot, obviously the schedule is a little different this season. So yeah, that just adds a little bit to it now that you, you really want to go out tonight and win this game. And, you know, you also have, you know, some, some interesting matchups looming as well. So you want to keep that good momentum rolling for sure. Yeah, because, I mean, the schedule doesn't get any easier after this Nets game for the Sixers. They play the Clippers, the Warriors, and Suns all at home, and then they have a, a mini two-game series on the road in Milwaukee. Doesn't get easier after these couple road trips they've been on. You're you're playing pretty much all playoff-caliber opponents here in the next Which the I don't mind. Week. It yeah. kind of gives you, like, a warm-up before right. the playoffs. Gives Doc Rivers a chance to, like, test out what his playoff lineup might be for, you know, most of, of the game, if not all of it, so... I like that, you know, this part of the season is where it's at rather than yeah. earlier in the year. It's it's like a tune-up almost, you know, and especially now you hope George Hill is, like, able to participate in those games. Um, that'd be great. Um, so, you know, you hope that you can kind of start to, to tune up a little bit and see, like, what your roster is capable of against some other, like, high-level teams, um, especially, like, when you talk about the Bucks, that could be a team that you might have to go through, right? So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a good matchup for sure. Plus, I mean, there's two games against the Hawks in there. Right. They're a four seed in the East right now. Not that they're exactly at the echelon of, you know, the Nets and the Bucks and the Sixers, but again, another team you might run into, you know, if the playoffs shake out in, in a different way than we'd expect them to. Um, also, Anthony Tolliver looks like he's going to play tonight. So the long-awaited debut of Anthony Tolliver in a Sixers uniform is uh, happening before George Hill ever takes a step on the court for the Sixers. Yeah, well, that's just the way it goes, isn't it? We, we love to take our time with our guys. <laughs> we should have told uh, everybody that George Hill could not take the uh, the Glenn Robinson the third Alec Burks route to get to Philadelphia. It's Let's hope his closed. time here goes a little better as well. <laughs> um, I mean, when do you expect George Hill to play? Because... He, he's been with the team, which I think is different than the situation we had with Alec Burks and, and Glenn Robinson III, but still hasn't stepped in the court yet. I know it's kind of a weird injury with his thumb, but you'd expect hopefully sometime soon that he's out there playing so he can kind of get used to playing with his new teammates. The interesting thing is that we haven't really gotten a timetable from Doc Rivers. Anytime he's been questioned about it, it's been um, scarily vague, I would yeah. say. In that he doesn't know when he'll be back, and uh, like, now he he could just be saying that because he you know doesn't want to answer like, questions, right? But uh, you know, <laughs> you'd like to know a little <laughs> more clearly when when a guy you traded for is going to be coming back from this injury that just kind of popped up out of nowhere too. It just I don't know. So 
I, I would be surprised though, if in the next two weeks, you know, by the end of like this, um, this kind of like tough part of the schedule here, this tune up, like we'll call it, if we don't see him for any of those, like, yeah, obviously you might be looking at more like the Bucks series for that, but I, w- I would be honestly pretty shocked if, if he's not ready by then. And, um, I wouldn't necessarily be concerned at that point, but you know, now you're talking about almost a month and yeah. it's like, you know, we feel like we just haven't heard anything about this. It's just a completely random injury that just kind of popped up and again we haven't got any clear news on or any mm-hmm. kind of timetable on so hopefully sooner than later but ultimately the team's still winning without him you know we want to see him just how he fits in but it's not like you know we acquired an all-star and we're like waiting to see right. like, you know at the end of the day he's still a rotation guy like it's not the the world's biggest miss to not have him in the lineup every night Theater can simply be defined as someone performing something for someone else. Theater also refers to the space designated for said performance. The term theater can also describe the process in which live performances are created. Acting, directing, producing, designing, all fall under this umbrella of theater. But to a kid in high school, theater can mean so much more. Join us as we draw back the curtain and reveal what I like to call the magic behind the magic. This is Curtain Talk. kind of touched on it on the last episode we put out but what are your thoughts on Ben Simmons struggle since the all-star game because it seems like everybody's sort of blowing it out of proportion I understand he is struggling but you know at some point it's gonna kind of even itself out and I think if he's struggling now and he can turn around in the playoffs I'd rather that than him kind of going all out on a tear in the regular season when it necessarily doesn't matter as much and then he just goes cold in the playoffs. Right. So we've seen this kind of like variance from Ben before too. Um, typically, this is the time of year where he does perform. Right. right. Like typically like uh, end of March, April was like when we've seen like his like streaks like really get hot. Um, yeah. I mean, I didn't think that like the way necessarily the level he was playing at in January, February was like totally sustainable. Uh, but you know, this is what we saw early in the season from him too. You know, we, we saw him kind of struggling offensively a lot and, you know, that's never been his strong point, obviously, but he was, um, kind of playing around that a little bit. And I think also there's a narrative attached to it that, you know, there's some high profile games in there and some high profile defensive performances in there. Um, you know, like in, in the winter months. And I think, you know, that kind of made people forget that, he still wasn't, um, you know, the the best offensive player, but you know he was going out every night. And again, the narrative around him was, oh my God, he's so great defensively, and that's he's still just as good defensively. It's just I think some of the opinion has shifted, but yeah, his, his performances as well. It's not just narrative based. His performance has declined from what it was, um, which you know is slightly concerning because ultimately, even the way he was performing then still like is a huge question mark in the playoffs like how exactly that works how exactly you beat other top tier teams even with the way that he was playing so you want him to be at that level again but I I guess you just have to trust that he's going to find that again yeah and I mean it's not like they've 
truly struggled, like, even with Ben Simmons being quote-unquote down. It's, you know, they've still kind of found their way. They've won games, and outside of a couple performances recently, like against the Grizzlies and the, the Pelicans, like, they've, they've played pretty much up to the standards that you'd want to see them playing, especially with Joel back. Yeah, the Pelicans was was a bit of a tough one because they've been such a terrible defensive team. And I know everyone doesn't think of them that way, but they are. They like in so many different metrics, they're like in the bottom five of the mm-hmm. league defensively. So to see you like not able to, um, you put up like a, a good performance against them is slightly concerning. But it's it's one game as well. So how much do you really want to be critical of this? I, and I think that's just ultimately what it is. It's kind of like a litmus test. I think your opinion on Ben Simmons right now and the way the Sixers have been is like just how you are in general as a person. Like, are you super anxious all the time? Are you just waiting for this to all end and collapse? Or are you like, all right, well, like this is it's really no different than where we've been at with Ben Simmons in his entire career. We've seen these ebbs and flows from him. I'm not super worried yet, but, you know, you also have to hope that the playoffs bring the performances we were seeing before. But we've also seen him be bad in the playoffs, too. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, we just have to be realistic about the situation that Ben has disappointed us before. So, uh, you know, what's what's changed? Because it, right. it hasn't. Yeah, and it, I feel like it's just something that everybody just needs something to complain about. And it's either Ben Simmons or Reese Hoskins. And now you right. can't complain about Reese Hoskins. So let's uh, go. Well, you, you can. Let's but... <laughs> go yell about Ben Simmons. <laughs> you can, Well, Listen, you and I won't complain about Reese Hoskins, right. but the psychos can still complain the about Reese The people that Hoskins. don't watch the games. They will find a way to still complain about Reese, for sure. Um, expectation. I know tip-off already happened for this game, but expectations for this Nets game. is Guys are out. Considering you know, the injuries I, you know, and who's getting rested and all that, I think you have to win this game. You just, you really do. I, I, I don't think there's much of an excuse for it. You know, you drop some games here and there to teams maybe you should be beating. But when a team is this, like, depleted of all their stars and even, like, the two really good buyout guys they get, like, you need to, you need to be beating them. You just do. Yeah. And, I mean, it gives you so much leverage in terms of going into the playoffs and gives you a chance to kind of – match up against what they're throwing out there at least so give you a a bit of a scouting report on how you're going to match up against the Kyrie Irving in the playoffs right which is going to be a challenge it's <laughs> i um it's it's going to be very difficult you know the nets to me are still like the team that everyone's going to have to run through even you know I, I think they have to be considered the favorites to win the title right now and i think you know if you're going to want to be the representative from the east you're you're gonna have to beat the nets i just mm-hmm. truly believe that um they're I, to me they're not like the bucks in years past where, like the bucks steamrolled in the regular season but just never were able to like actually craft that like good postseason gameplay that like i was never terrified of the bucks right in the way that i'm i wouldn't say i'm terrified of the nets but i am not comfortable nervous <laughs> about the nets. I, you know yeah like i look at the nets and i think i'm not totally sold that we could beat this team in a seven game series like yeah. i think there's like and i don't think it's a, a controversial or or a, a cowardice opinion they're just right. incredibly stacked offensively like we've never seen um but we also haven't really seen it either they, they haven't really played together much so that has to count for something um but yeah i, I still think this is the team that you're gonna have to run through and uh, again if you can get any kind of advantage get that first seed that could be huge although you could still end up playing a pretty good team the the way things are going now uh, in the East. But, yeah, I think any chance you get to beat the Nets, you take it. Exactly. And, I mean, who doesn't want the one seed? Like, I, I've right. seen I, people – I saw people talk about how 
the Sixers should should tank this game to kind of put a chip on their shoulder and, it's the and dumbest. I was like, Galaxy what are we brain. talking about? <laughs> just what are we doing? Just, like, just go for the one seed. You just win every game. You why know, would like, you not want to have home court advantage throughout the playoffs? Right. In a, a arena we know the Sixers play exponentially and better in. Potentially, if you're talking about making it to the finals, the same situation. Like, yeah, you, like you, why not? You know, and I, and again, we don't know what the world will be like in July, but I would think that there's a decent chance that if you're in the finals and it's early July, that you're going to be able to have more than just you know the what is it. 7,000 you can have something like that yeah uh, I would bet that that number is doubled yeah You'd, like that could matter <laughs> that could matter quite a bit if you have game seven at home and even the conference finals in June you know like that could that could be huge so yeah I mean we've seen game sevens in in all Philly sports really of uh, the difference between having home or away advantage and uh, yeah I, I always decide on just get them at home especially the yeah. Sixers over the last few years and how just completely different they've played when it comes to, to home and away that's changed a little bit this year but still you just still extremely good at home. keep it in Philly yeah like I would much rather limit the travel we'd have to do throughout the playoffs as much as possible we know how well this team plays at home and we know that fans being at Wells Fargo Center is one of the biggest advantages that any Philly sports team has. Right. So, I right. mean, I, I truly didn't understand seeing people say to just dog this game because not everybody's playing. Like, I just, it's stupid. What are we doing? <laughs> Again, I think it's just people just trying too hard to be like strategic. And it's like, don't overthink this. Right. Like, you don't, like, you don't, like, this is very simple. Just be, it's like that, um, that old NFL coach is like, you play to win the game. Like, that's yeah. it. You just go out there and win. <laughs> that's, that's it. It's the whole not, point. I promise you, it is not that hard or much deeper than that. Just go out and win the basketball games. Like, just win. It's Al Davis said it best. Just win, baby. Yes. Win. Um, but I mean, we'll keep you guys updated, uh, while we're live with Sixers Nets. But Philly's also playing. It's been a while since we've been back in the studio live. How are you feeling about the Phils, Matt? Because I am juiced up. Uh, you know, it's not quite the biggest hill on the roller coaster, but it's like one of the hills on the like. Yeah. I feel like you know, I'm on it. I'm riding the ride. It's you know, it's been hit or miss. It. I will say this. Overall, I'm much more positive about the Phillies so far this season than I was at any point last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also last year was like the lowest bar I think you could get outside of like that one month where we we're unbeatable. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think the biggest thing, the biggest, truly the biggest is the relief pitching has been. Oh, my God. It's so like, good. It's like wandering the desert and finding an oasis. It truly is <laughs> like it's just it's unbelievable. The difference between just having average relief pitching has been like it, that's all we were asking for last year. It was like, just give us an average bullpen and we make the playoffs. Yeah. And this year it's like, OK, like we're doing a little better than average, actually. Like, yeah, what's insane right now is the Phillies are a better pitching team than they are a hitting team. Yeah. Which is just not... Did not expect that. Just not... But listen, we were... I think we were pretty optimistic uh, about, like, the Phillies in general and about the pitching as well. Like, they made... They, they made some some good decisions relief-wise. I was still skeptical about four and five, which I still am. That hasn't really changed. But I did not expect us to be sitting here. And admittedly, it's... it's what? Mid-April. 11 games <laughs> into the season. So it's, it's you know way too early to, to make any kind of broad statements but i'm way happier than i thought i was going to be and yeah now you know you know that the hitting is going to come with this team you know yeah. that you'll have your know, really good series and it hasn't helped that 
literally the first month you're playing, you're playing all, you know, the Mets and the Braves, the Mets and the Braves. So that, that sucks, you know, once you get some, like, varied opponents or, or you know, guys that can't game plan specifically for, for you for the next two weeks, that'll help. Um, but you have to say, like, you're impressed with the performances. Obviously, like, opening, like, with the Brave sweep is great. Uh, that's not how the season was going to go forever, but um, damn. Francisco Lindor just <laughs> just <laughs> breaking our hearts, I guess. Um, but ultimately, you know, like, I, I think the Phillies have had a really, really good start to this season, especially when you consider it's all been divisional games. Mm-hmm. Those are notoriously hard for us. We'll see. The Marlins will be the true litmus test yes. on how much this Phillies team has grown, truly. Um, I think what's been interesting, too, and again, the numbers will look different on this just this early into the season, all this. I actually think our defense has been a lot better too i feel like we've seen like more like okay like flash in the glove kind of plays like i feel like you know a lot of that has been a little sharper this year but that could also just be like variance i don't know that that's like that there's anything to back that up quite yet and we'll have Mm -hmm. to wait and see but yeah i I think overall the phillies have played a lot better now it's just waiting on the bats to kind of turn around which i firmly believe that they will so yeah and i mean i think the biggest news today is mickey moniac recalled from triple a uh adam hazley He's taking a leave from the team with no real info on why he was placed on the restricted list. So, Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week. And it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. Don't know exactly when we'll see Adam Hazley again. That's what Joe Girardi said as well. Um, he said it kind of caught them by surprise. They weren't planning on making a move today. And then he said he talked to Adam Hazley on the phone and he said it would be best uh, for him to make the decision he did. Uh, doesn't know how long he'll be out, but Mickey Moniak's here. <laughs> <laughs> It was way earlier than we said. Yes, because uh, we said Memorial Day. We were be, we were being negative. I don't even think we. I said like July. Yeah, we <laughs> we said the earliest. Yeah, we, yeah. Like hope for would be Memorial Day, it, and then and it's a beautiful sight. Um, yeah, it's good to have him. Uh, obviously, the circumstances aren't great. Um, I hope everything's okay with Adam Hazley. Like this, concerning the circumstances we're all living in, still. Anytime someone's taking like personal time away, yeah. you just get a little nervous that you know everything's okay. But um, so yeah, I wish it wasn't under these circumstances that we're seeing Mickey Moniak. But that's center field has also been like still the sore spot for this team, um, defensively and offensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has been the sore spot in the lineup for sure. And you know what's wrong with with just trying something new, trying trying the old Moniak way, I guess. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, that's. I think that's been the only thing that coming into the season I was like really negative about and worried about, and 
hasn't really shown itself to be any different than what I imagine it, which is that that center field uh, spot. Um, McCutcheon's looked great. Like that was that was a question mark we had coming into the season was what's he going to look like? Right. Looks good still. Like you know hasn't really lost very much, so that's that's great. Just needs to get the bat going, which I think right. a lot of this team needs outside right. of our guy Alec Bum. Yeah, and I mean even Bryce has had like a pretty pretty good start to mm-hmm. the year. Like I think it's been a little like I I was watching the. Um, the the Braves uh, game which was on Sunday Night Baseball and they were like I don't know they were just really negative about Bryce and saying that yeah. he needs to get it going it's like he has I don't know <laughs> I'd say know. like four out of the nine guys in the lineup have been like consistently hitting and it's the guys you'd think it's right. Bryce it's Alec Bohm Reese and Didi Gregorius yeah yeah exactly you know, the, the the usual suspects if you will yeah Bohm has been in a rough like two first two or three games but since then has like turned it around um, what a game winning run it just uh, yeah. The, the ghost the ghost plate as it were um but just, by the way to, to go back to the Sunday night baseball I was so pissed off because the fans react by throwing trash on the field and stuff which is just stupid just you know who are you what are you doing with that you're not sending a message you're just making some like poor dude who has to like clean all your garbage up yeah. now like congrats um, but they immediately were like, oh, they'll be used to this in Philly. It's like, okay, well, like, <laughs> the last the last time I could even remember a baseball team doing this was the Braves yeah. in the playoffs. <laughs> like, shut up. Like, Jesus Christ. All right, listen. I will not pretend, like, Philly sports can't get a little aggressive in their booing. And they have been known to sometimes, on occasion throw things onto the field or the ice as it were <laughs> that's the last time i remember anything with right is the ice that's like every like seven or eight years first of all second of all i've it's happened at phillies games but i've never been to a phillies game and i think it's incredibly rare that because it's a whole different scene a whole mm-hmm. different crowd at phillies games way more family oriented it's just i hate it i hate the like so lazy yep like uh, that's how you i heard it uh justin clue was talking about it on the Philly's uh, SB Nation podcast, Good Fight. He said, when people do that, that's how you know who the lazy reporters are and the lazy broadcasters. It's like, it's like, oh, cheesesteaks. Like, yeah. Uh, okay, glory. Oh, Santa Claus. <laughs> I, that was 60 years ago. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Like, half your audience wasn't even alive. Uh, like, worst. no one even knows that incident. Like, what, what the actual circle, not that I'm defending anything right. here, but like, no one even knows w- what sports team that happened during. Like, As we say in it, Philadelphia, it, find a new slant. It was forever ago. Like, why are we still bringing this up? It's like, the worst. The Braves had to be convinced to desegregate their stands to get their uh, their clubhouse back like after that incident. So why are we why are we the bad guys here? Because we threw snowballs at Santa Claus, who's a POS, by the way. He sucked. He deserved it. <laughs> It is. It, it truly is. It gives you the barometer of like who the broadcasters are that have no clue yeah. what to do, and they just want to pander to the national audience that they think is their audience. And that's why baseball is having a tough time growing, is because they pander to these you know fifty to seventy five year olds that they think are watching when you're trying to get your target audience to be you know ten to thirty year olds. Right. Yeah. You wanna you wanna get younger, obviously, but. You know, at the end of the day, Phillies have been playing well. You know, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to not playing the Braves in the Mets. I'll say yeah. that. Like, I, I, I was excited just to get a crack at them because obviously the Braves, you know, a team you expect to take another leap this year. The Mets have had a lot of change. Mm-hmm. Um, so interested to see how, how that's worked for them. 
Um, turns out they're still the Mets. They <laughs> I, like I don't know. Boy, am I glad they signed James McCann. Uh, boy, am I glad that uh, Degrom is going to be the worst Hall of Famer ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, okay. This maybe this is controversial. I don't know. I don't know why everyone talks like about Jacob Degrom being the best pitcher. That I don't know what happened in the last yeah. two years. Listen. Jacob DeGrom is a great pitcher. He's fantastic. And listen, the NL East has been blessed, truly. I, like, I recognize greatness. The Phillies have had great pitchers. The Braves have had great pitchers. The Mets, like, every team in this division, the Nats currently have an insane, like, every team in this division. Marlins have a bunch of young guys that are right. coming up. Always. And it's every, every year there's at least one team or several teams that have one really good ace mm-hmm. or, like, a group of guys. Jacob DeGrom is a great pitcher, and he's among the best. He's had a very, very good two or three years, by the way. Very good two or three years. When did he get anointed the best pitcher of like the generation? I feel like I feel it's like because that's he's been gotten the weird... like these de facto Cy Young awards because he's been like so right. on. But, but it's just like I feel like the narrative, like I I had always respected DeGrom. I've always thought he's been a good pitcher. But all of a sudden, in the last like year and a half, Jacob DeGrom has been the best pitcher that people have ever seen in their lifetime. And I'm like and I'm not being even, like, hyperbolic when I say it. Like, people genuinely, like, will say that he's, like, amazing. And well, he's certainly a first ballot Hall of Famer. It's like, I don't... Have two, you seen like, the people that get snubbed for the baseball... The baseball Hall of Fame? Yeah. Um, he's had two, like, very dominant seasons. Right. And it was 2018 and 2019. 18 when he had, like, the one seven zero ERA. But he went... I mean, not that wins and losses are a right. barometer. And that's not really his fault. Like, you yeah. can't fault a guy the for Mets being on his team. The Mets suck when he pitches. It's hilarious. Right. You know, like, you can't fault a guy necessarily for, like, if he's pitching that well and his team isn't winning, that's what can he more can he right. do about that? But, you know, like, I don't know. It's just, at the same token, if you, like, here's I the have thing. felt the same when way. When you start talking about greatest pitchers, whether it's generation or of all time, wins do matter. Mm-hmm. Wins don't matter when you're talking about, like, listen, if Jacob DeGrom has another season like he did the last two and there's no one, like, rivaling that performance, what I don't care what his win-loss record is. He's probably going to win the Cy Young. It's probably deserved. Fair enough. But when you were, when you switch that discussion to greatest of the generation or first bout Hall of Fame or any of those, like, career accolades where you're comparing him to the best of all time wins matter like that's when wins start to mm-hmm. matter because you can't you're gonna look me in the face and tell me he's better than clayton kershaw no because no, <laughs> he's not no. yeah and i don't even think that's like just on the win-loss thing i think that's on a talent thing but you yeah. know like especially now that kershaw even has a championship to his name right or... like like you he's had i wouldn't even say that he's had been the best pitcher in this division like scherzer's had i think scherzer's a better been like great i just I don't know. I, maybe it's weird. Maybe it's my Phillies bias, but I feel like people no, have been like insane about the ground in the last that. year and a half. And I've been like, I feel like this guy is good, but I'm not watching Randy Johnson here. Like I've thought not. about that and I'm like, am I wrong for no, thinking you're that? Not, like, because I think he's gotten a ton of hype and some of it is warranted. But over also the last, like, like, say even like decade, like since DeGrom came up, let's say since 2015 and, and people forget too. DeGrom is not, like, this young guy. Right. He's 33. Yeah, it's not like he's... He came up when he was 27. Um, but, like, over since 2015, like, I think I can name a, a better top five than DeGrom. Yeah. I, I think the only times that he's been, like like you said, 2018 to 2019. That's two... Yeah. And listen, those are two great years. I, I don't want this to come across as, like... And last year it was good, but it's a weird season, so DeGrom. I kind of throw it out the window. Right. 
I don't want to like come across as like he sucks. He's like overhyped because I hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. Like Bryce, right? Like it's just so annoying. No one likes hearing that about their favorite player or whatever. Although I don't really care about a Mets fan's feelings. Yes, but I just I don't know. I feel like the narrative Kershaw, has swung Granky. so wildly in like the Jacob Degrom is, and it's like so like matter of fact. Like he is a Hall of Famer. He is a Hall of Famer. Yeah. It's like. Okay, well, first of all, I don't know that you've ever listened to, like, the Baseball Hall of Fame uh, or, like, looked at their vote counts and what they value and don't value, but uh, I guarantee you that if this dude goes 500 for his career, they're going to take an issue with that. <laughs> like, they're going to they're gonna have a problem. <laughs> like, he'll get to it this year, but he still hasn't even played in 200 games. I'm just saying. They have made bizarre decisions. They've snubbed guys. Three complete games in his career. One just, shutout. I don't know. I just I feel like the Degrom stuff has gone supernova, and it's like he's not that good. Like he's got, he'll get to fourteen hundred probably, f- maybe if he has like a dynamic season this year, maybe fifteen hundred strikeouts this year. But like that's in eight seasons. Like it's just like I don't know. And I like just, when he I, came I, up, I think, the Mets were going to the World Series. Right. Yeah, that was the Matt Harvey year too. Wasn't yeah. It? Yeah. Like, so he wasn't even like the best pitcher on the team. I just, yeah, I, I think um, I'm glad we're on the same page that Jacob DeGrom, yeah. like, listen, he's a great guy. I like watching Would him. Would I want Jacob DeGrom on the field? He's absolutely. 100%. 100%. I wanted us to get him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, that, but that's not the question. The question is, is he the greatest pitcher no. to ever play the game, which he's absolutely we've, not. We've seen, like, in our lifetimes, we've probably seen, like, 30 pitchers that are far better than Jacob DeGrom right. will ever be. Right. Exactly. I just feel like the narrative has swung very far yeah. in, like, the... Like, you can't even question that he's a Hall of Famer. And it's like, I think it's a reaction because the Mets have a tendency to blow his games that people want to, like, build, build him, him up. up and be like, oh, like, it just sucks. It's like, okay, we know. We it's know like Eli it Manning. Right, it is. Yeah. It's but like, DeGrom is good. Better at what he did, does than what Eli Manning did. Right. Exactly. Like, it's like you, they have to find a way to, like, encourage. Or with the relevancy of what it is, it's like Julian Edelman. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, well, here's all the numbers. Although I, I'll say DeGrom, way better. Yes. <laughs> well, DeGrom has actually been, at a point, of one dominance. of the best in his position. Yeah. Like, Julian Edelman never was. But, um, yeah, so he's a great pitcher. Don't want to diminish him. But, Jesus Christ, if I have to hear one more time <laughs> or read one more time about how he's a surefire first bout Hall of Famer, <laughs> I'm going to scream because there is no surefire first bout Hall of Famer in baseball. There isn't. <laughs> yeah, there really isn't. Especially now. Like... Right, yeah. Like come it on. takes so long to to build up a career to get into the Hall of Fame in baseball that, uh, yeah, I'm glad I'm not crazy for thinking like about this hype about Degrom has been over it's, the top, it's been a little much. Um, Phillies get the Cardinals after this this series of the Mets, so it doesn't get any easier. It's like running into all your exes. <laughs> um, and I I truly hate the Cardinals so. This will be a, a fun series, but they also have one more game against the Mets. Uh, when you guys are listening to this on the playback, it'll be today, but 12-10 p.m. start on Thursday. Oh, I need those afternoon games in my life again. Jesus. And then uh, three against the Cardinals at home, and then the return of Gabe Kapler next week. Joe had a Joe had a rough season. Do we want to talk about Joe's? Joe's yeah, let's talk about that. Joe's bad time. <laughs> Um, little Gabe Kapler esque uh, in there a little bit. Uh, lost his way. I thought we got rid of Gabe and got a more professional I truly manager. Truly did to... not. Un- like I got the 
the idea behind that double switch, but I truly hated it. Like a little, a little baffling. Taking Re- like short Reese was over four in that game, but taking a, a guy who has been as hot as Reese Hoskins has been to start the season out of any game, especially when you know you're trying to come back. And nothing against like Andrew Knapp's been great since last season, but leaving him in at first base blew my mind. And and Girardi's comments on it was, you know, forbid anybody got hurt, you'd have both catchers still available and you wouldn't have to have Ronald Torres as your emergency catcher. But I mean, did not like that move at all. And then the Jose Alvarado thing just, that sucked. Yeah. Um, so it was just a rough, <laughs> it's a rough like two days. <laughs> um, not, not great. And I mean, the only reason I bring it up is just because these divisional games are going to be huge. Mm-hmm. We, we just know that. We know that this division is going to be most likely a tight race, but who knows, of course. Um, every game counts. It really does. We, we've sat at in September's too often in the last few years and like counted up the like dumb losses, especially to the Marlins, and thought, like, just imagine if just like five of these <laughs> went the opposite way and how much better we could have been. Um, so, yeah, not... Not the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> Not the greatest so far from Girardi, but yeah, you know, I think also too, like he's, he's having to find a way to like plug holes within the team because I think this is still a, you know, one through seven is good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, you know, but the, the bench is still definitely something leaving, leaving you wanting mm-hmm. more. And I, I think we'll address that as we get deeper into the year. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's kind of, He's like a chef, you know, that's like doing the best with like very like minor ingredients yeah. and like just trying to make like a five-star meal out of like two-star ingredients sometimes. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's sometimes you get snafus like that. It was a bad decision, but ultimately it's just funny, you know, we're, we're coming up against Gabe and that was fresh in my mind. Yeah. Um, like you brought up earlier, the bullpen has been like night and day from last year and it's even crazier that like, Archie Bradley gets hurt and it, like they don't really skip a beat because they have a guy like Jojo Romero just waiting in the wings to come up. You can't say the same about the starters though. And I think that's also besides center field. That was our, you know, one, one, a concern coming into the season, because if one of these guys does get hurt or say Matt Moore continues to pitch like he has Vince Velasquez is next in line. You know, you know who's still a free agent, Kyle. We all know the traditional big four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey. Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. One one Mr. Colham. <laughs> I, I was talking about that with somebody the other day, and I said, I wouldn't hate it. Uh, man... <laughs> Oh man, Philly loves loves bringing back the old tires. <laughs> I I think could get interesting. I don't know. You know, Cole, he still had some left last year. It's not like, listen, if you're asking me right now, 
Cole Hamels is your fifth starter. I'll take for it. like the for like let's say we sign him in like May, so it gets really up and going by that minimum. I don't know. Would not hate it. I mean, Chase Anderson's been decent. I just think you know maybe Matt Moore has been the problem. Maybe I'd just say. give me that little shot of nostalgia in the arm. That's all I want. <laughs> just want one hit. Just one hit. Just one. <laughs> it, you know, I I do wonder though, like if because what's weird about Cole is like no one's touched him, and that makes me suspicious and yeah. nervous. So it's like, oh, has he is he done? Like, is it over? And, like, you don't really want him. Like, let's be honest. Cole, like, our last memory of Hamels is the no-hitter against yeah. the Cubs. And, and then he like, got traded. It's like, Jesus Christ, can you get a better ending to, like, right. a guy's time? Like, you just, you really can't, outside of, like, winning a ring. Um, do we want to bring him back and, like, him get old yellered? Like, ah. Part of me, like, is like, I don't want that. But Part of me like, is also, I don't want the last team he played for to be the Braves. Yeah, I mean, that would also, like, that would that yeah that would suck so i don't know it's just something to think about you know maybe 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 just take a shot maybe take a shot. Maybe. maybe maybe head back to the coal mine you know what i mean <laughs> that was my favorite thing uh when calling like heyday of the phillies in like the upper upper bleacher there's guys that would come with their shirts off with the uh oh that's amazing the pickaxes and it would be the, the coal miners we that really my, did have the best oh like fan God. groups for these pitchers you had the wolf pack for randy wolf back in the day uh, Roy Halladay had Doc's patience. Yeah. Um. You you had uh Tom Gordon had like the Justice League. Dude, show we up. were in a pandemic and we still found a way to dress up and go to the games. Like, come <laughs> on, we like. Give, that's what I'm saying with the national broadcasts. Like, give Philly. Yeah. Listen, I will admit that there are some a holes that go to the game, but that's also every city. Like, yeah. I've I've gone. I went to a Reds game. Uh, a few summers ago, mm-hmm. and there was like same people there. Yeah. <laughs> Just guess what? I was in Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same. It's the same everywhere you go when you get a. But at the same time, it's like incredibly passionate and it's like mm-hmm. people that just like want their teams to be so good that they're willing to scream at their own players to make it happen <laughs> and i listen if you're not on board with that then philly ain't for you and that's fine yeah uh also after yesterday's double header i'm full on on board with you that seven inning double headers absolutely stink it's just it takes the life it out of so it. It's so Mickey Mouse, especially when you go to extra innings and it's like, why? Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting like the notifications on my phone and it's like, oh, seventh, uh, you know, seventh innings here, and then it's like, oh, Phillies are going to extras. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. The the whole runner on second thing, although it paid off for the Phillies, uh, in the game against Atlanta to start the season, hate it. Yeah, it's it's a rule that like made a lot of sense last year, but mm-hmm. like, like I I've seen I know the people... players want it, but. I got, okay, this is one of those things where I see 100% both sides. And part of me does like it because it does lead to like quicker games, right? mm-hmm. which is ultimately like free baseball is cool, but also like... Uh, Don't I'm need not... 27 innings. Right. And I think if you're talking about like player safety and health, probably better if we kind of like, let's let's speed it up a mm-hmm. little bit. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. But I just think it's, I don't know. It's also like, I'm not going to say like ruins the spirit of the game, but like it kind of does. Like it's just like... It's just Mickey Mouse. Yeah, like it just makes it. It makes if it. If you want to do it, like don't very do it right little away. Don't, it makes it. Yeah, I think it should be like an eleventh or twelfth inning addition. I do think two like going innings. straight from like extra innings, like now, like boom, you got it. I just think you know, there's nothing wrong with ten inning baseball. There's something wrong with fourteen inning baseball. Yeah. That's you know, maybe where you make the change. Yeah, like do two innings of regular extra innings, and then if it's still tied up, like let's put the runner on second to start the twelfth inning. Let's make it go that way. The rules are still super confusing. Like when it happened yesterday, 
Um, I saw like the reasoning why Francisco Lindor started on second base for the Mets, and I was like, what the hell? Like it seems like it's, it's whoever struck out rule. last, right? Isn't it? Isn't Typically, whoever was it's retired like, last. Yeah, and the rule, I was just like blown away by the decision that was made for it. Let me see if I can find it here. But the um, yeah, I'm I'm totally out on the seven inning. Yeah, the seven inning doubleheaders suck. It it just. It, it just I, to me it it just kind of ruins the competitive aspect of baseball. Like I know, like especially like there's nothing you do about a rain delay, obviously. But yeah, you know, just let them play the nine innings. Yeah, like, what's the, what is know? an extra two innings? Like, it's just it just feels it just feels dumb to me, and it makes it. It is. I mean, it especially sucks when the game loses. The team loses yeah. both of those games. <laughs> Definitely makes uh, you not happy and a fan. But you know, it's just it's a bummer. But. Yes. Something we're going to have to live with, I guess. Tim Britton, he covers the Mets for the Athletic. He tweeted, because the Mets took Dom Smith out of the game last inning, uh, what is now the pitcher spot made the last out last inning, so Francisco Lindor starts the eighth on second base. It's like it's like Dennis Rodman trying to explain, you know, this is why this is going on, right. and it's this, and then we're going that way. Like, make a definitive rule, yeah. and, and let's keep it pushing, because... The confusion that is included with some of these new rules is just mind-boggling. You, you especially shouldn't be able to like game your way into getting like an advantage that way. Like, I, like mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with like you know strategy, strategy, or... strategizing to get, especially for the National League, right? Like getting like your pinch hitter, right? Like you know, getting a guy through an inning just so you can get to whoever. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, but like stuff like that just feels like, are right, you already getting a huge advantage? Like, do we have to like do all this? Nest- like, I don't know. If the Phillies do win tonight and tomorrow, though, came pretty damn close to our prediction of, like, if everything went perfectly right, we said 9-4. and four. Yeah. If they win both of these games, they'll be 8-5 and five going into the Cardinals series. Can't hate that. Cannot be mad at So, it. just like the Phillies are going to do, they're going to crush <laughs> crush our hopes and dreams of that one. Uh, I also like the fact that Joe Girardi came out and said that Mickey Moniak will get playing time. It's not that oh. he's just calling him up for the sake oh, of calling him up. God. He will get planked. Say it to me slower, Joe. <laughs> I just, I cannot wait for him. And even if he doesn't play tomorrow, say Roman Quinn plays tomorrow, let Mickey make his season debut in front of the fans of Citizens Bank. We're, uh, listen, <laughs> we're getting a little close to the point where Roman Quinn is, uh, he's going he's, on a list. Yeah. And it's of guys I just don't enjoy watching Not play at all. any sport. He, listen, I love, I love him. Certainly can't discount his effort, and he, he has some talent. But damn, if I have to watch another Roman Quinn at bat, am I going to lose my mind? And the fact that like we're willingly pinch-hitting him just because we that don't is, have other right-handers off the to bench. To me, that is like every time I see him as a pinch-hitter, I'm like, are we are we serious right now? This is what we're doing? This is the best we got? This is what we're doing? Okay, this is what we're doing. It All is right. crazy to me. That, that is like a willing move that like we're pinch-hitting Roman Quinn. It's just that's another that's another Girardiism that just kind of And uh, the craziest part is is like Roman Quinn could be such a dynamic player if he got on base. Right. His biggest flaw is he can't get on base. No. And that's what drives me absolutely nuts. Is because he's so fast and can create so much havoc on the base paths for opposing pitchers. Like imagine him on second oh in, my God. Uh, in the tenth inning. You, you know? get one hit, it's a game over. Right. Like it, it's mind blowing. He's not that great of a fielder. No. And I just hope Mickey Moniak's able to hit his way into the lineup every day. 
let's just bless it, you know? <laughs> Prayers up. Uh, what are your thoughts on the rotation so far? Because that, like we said, it was like one one A of like concerns at the back half. I mean, some bumps in the road for for the guys the second time through, but I mean overall, not the worst it could have been. Yeah, I I think uh, it's not Jake Arietta. Our first two guys, same performances we've come to expect from them. Nolan Wheeler, I've, I've nothing nothing to say about them, especially Wheeler in his first start. Was- yeah. Dynamic. Chef's kiss. Unbelievable. I gotta be honest. Zach Eflin, he's looking good. He's looking good. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, listen. It's way too early. I'm crossing fingers. I'm I'm doing whatever. I don't want to put a jinx on, but he's looked good so far, which is which is great. I think the biggest thing with him was just confidence and getting it rolling and um getting himself in like that right mental state, I think. Uh and he seems to be doing that. He's pitching well. Outside of that, it has been um Anyone's Up and guess. down. <laughs> it's. I think Chase Anderson's been okay. That's what you expect been, from a fifth starter. It's been exactly what we expected. Yeah. Which is the first three guys, first two super confident. Eflin, all right, I'm willing to buy in. Four and five, you could sell me any ticket, and I, I don't know. <laughs> I, you could you could tell me any any outing from them. You could tell me one of them throws a no hitter. I'd be like, I guess they could. Mm-hmm. But it's just ultimately not. Um, not ideal, the fourth and fifth spots right now. And you have to wonder, this team really wants to be competitive. You can't. You really can't exist right now in your current iteration with the pit. Now, of course, there's time, mm-hmm. you know, to, we expect Spencer Howard at some point to, to come back up to the first team. But, you know, anything can happen. The trade deadline, things like that. So you hope that that's like kind of the next you know, thing that gets addressed with this team because I do think if you're like if you're actually talking about this team as a contender, even if it's just for a wild card, if you go into a playoff series with that as your fourth and fifth, you are not winning that playoff series. Yeah. It does not matter what Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler and potentially Zach Eflin give you. It just does it doesn't matter because you will not win those four and five games. Even if you And typically in a playoff series Nola's probably going to pitch right. three of those so games. So maybe you only have to worry about four. Matt right? Moore, but Chase Anderson, Vince Velasquez as your... None of those are winning you a playoff Back half game. options. It's None of those are winning you a playoff You have game. to score like 15 runs. Right, which has been a challenge for this yeah. team so far. Uh, so yeah, all, all things said, the pitching has been good overall, but there are still like clear areas of weakness. Oh, my baby. I hate Brandon Nimmo. I hate every Met. Yeah. I am, I, I am uh, non-discriminatory in my hate for uh, all Mets. <laughs> I hate them all equally. Nimmo's just such a cocky loser. Pete Alonzo, also big-time doofus. Pete Alonzo sucks, dude. He's such a doofus. He's such a little baby. Like, I could pick him up by the back of his neck like a kitten. <laughs> uh, and, I mean, I'm so much of a oh, baseball. Oh, he's a bare hander by bone, just baby. Bareback bone, that's what they call him. And I'm so much of a baseball sicko that, like, we're X amount of games into the season, and I've already, like, looked at teams that are at the bottoms of their divisions, and I'm like, all right, bring me these guys at the deadline. <laughs> bring them to me. Whatever it takes. It's like... Let's make a deal. Uh, I, I was looking. The Cubs are struggling. You know, they're blowing it up. Bring me their center fielder, Jake Marisnik, and uh, the Rockies absolutely stink. Bring me, shame. Bring me John Gray. He's <laughs> on a one-year deal. Let's go shopping. John Gray is your fourth starter. Sign me up. 
Like, let's make it happen. Dombrowski, John Middleton trusts you. Spend his money. It's not yours. Let's make it happen. You want another you want another World Series before you uh you head to Nashville again. Go get us some go get us some players at the deadline, even though it's you know go three get months us that, away. Uh, stupid piece of metal, as <laughs> <laughs> as Manfred once said, as the commissioner of the league once referred to the <laughs> prized possession of all teams who win the World Series. <laughs> Unbelievable. And I think our our dumb news story deals with baseball. Uh, absolutely hilarious that Oakland A's fans were throwing literal trash cans on the field against the Astros. Listen. You gotta love it. You you, you have to love and res- here's the thing. Reverting back to our point about the the Philly fans always getting stick for like whatever happened seventy years ago. Now, no one's gonna say anything about throwing actual trash cans onto the field. That's fine. That's fine. Now, can you imagine if this happened anywhere that wasn't Oakland? Oh, it's so good. It's great though. It's beautiful, and I love, especially the A's have not let them off the hook for it. Yeah, like this is not the. This is, this is the the multiple times now this season already, and we're not even out of April, that the A's have been in the news for just absolutely giving it to the Astros, and they deserve it. We can't forget that they suck <laughs> and that they deserve every boo that they get. And my my just biggest regret is that we're, we're I don't know when we'll get a full stadium to just absolutely tear into them, and I just worry that by the time we get to there that everyone will have cooled off and we won't be won't be on it as much, but damn. They deserve every bit of it. Won't be anytime soon because they uh, they got like six or seven guys on the COVID list as of today. Yikes! Yikes! Stop licking doorknobs, Houston. That would definitely that would help. Uh, you gotta stop sharing those uh <laughs> those buzzer pads. I think you gotta sanitize them. You gotta clean them down, guys. Can't be uh can't be doing it without a mask on. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all we got for you guys. Make sure you check us out on social media. Twitter and Instagram to stay up to date with everything we're doing at underground PHI. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Hit the follow button on twitch.tv slash underground sports PHI so you know when we go live here on Twitch. And uh, check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. And of course, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five star ratings and reviews. Let us know how you feel about the Phillies so far. How you're feeling about the Sixers going into this final stretch run of the season. And uh, subscribe to all of our podcasts on the network. And uh, five stars only. Because we have standards. We know you do too. And uh, the show would not be possible without our awesome sponsors. Main Auto LLC. Douche Arms Pro. Foot Security 21 Security Systems. Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated. Bob Novick Auto Mall. Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC. And the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course... The homies over at Tomahawk Shades, Manscaped, and Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. All three websites, same promo code. Tomahawk Shades, you get 25% off your order with promo code USP at TomahawkShades.com. Manscaped, you get 20% off free shipping and a big old thank you from your balls. And Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, you get 10% off the one liter bottles of vodka at StatesideVodka.com with promo code USP. This has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 322. For Matt, I'm KB, and we are signing off. Peace. Champions.